Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Wendy, for pulling on the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, when you come to church, you should have expectation that whatever it is that you need is going to get met that day. You know, last week I came to church and I could barely stand. I had had an infection grab my body and, and the night before I had Pastor Robin and Wendy came over and, and I was like, I couldn't even get a chair. And so I dragged my butt to church the next day and we got together for leadership prayer and I, I was just, I don't usually sit when I pray and I was just sitting and I was just like, I feel so rotten right now. And I said to them, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm having issues in my body right now, but we're going forward by faith. And I ended up the sun and down the center, you know. It's just like God, when you pull on the gifts that He's given to you, He meets you where you at. Expect nothing and receive nothing. And we're deep into our series on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, He's the great helper. Whatever you need, He is for you. Whatever it is you need, He brings to you. And uh, so in this section of our series that we're working on, we started off with how the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation, that he takes you with the sin nature that was not because of what you did, but was because of Adam's sin. And he washes it away, and he makes you perfect. He makes you spotless. And he makes you as a suitable habitat for the Holy Spirit. And so last week we started talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He made you, cleaned you out, so that it would be a great home for him to come and live in. And that's why Jesus said he's going to come, and he will abide with you forever. The word abide means to live with you abide with your spouse you abide with your children you abide with your family he's saying i'm coming and i'm going to make my home on the inside of you and so jesus thought it was an important aspect and he said in acts chapter 1 verse 4 and this is his last conversation with his disciples these are the last physical words they're going to hear from him in the flesh and he says assembled together with them he commanded them not to depart from jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so last week we were talking about this concept of baptism. And the word that he uses there is the word baptizo, which means to immerse or to submerge. It's not a dip. It's not a moment. As in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come on for a moment or an event and would come on the prophet and the king. With the immersion or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus said that he would come and abide with you forever. Everyone say forever. And so it's an immersion. It's a submersion into him. It's not just a, it's not a little toe dip. Come on, let's think about this. You have been fully immersed into the Holy Spirit when you receive Him. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are completely immersed into. It's like that child that they go to the, to the diving board and they jump off and they cannonball into the Holy Spirit. They get completely submerged into the water. Come on. 
That's what God was talking about when he talks about baptism. He's not talking about moment-by-moment experiences. He wants a full envelopment. And he said that when that submersion or that immersion happens, in verse 8 he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so with that immersion, there comes a power along with it. And we see that with Jesus. He received the Holy Spirit when he was baptized by John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit came down and remained on him. This is what Peter said about him. He said, and you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And so we saw Jesus immersed in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and remained. Power came. And because of that immersion and because of that power, things changed in Jesus' life. We have shortly after this, he finds himself at a wedding of all things, and they run out of wine. And so he turns the water into wine, and it says, and this is the first miracle that Jesus did. Up until this point, Jesus was just as ordinary like you guys. But then when the Holy Spirit came upon him, it came with power, and it changed and revolutionized his life. And so in Acts chapter 2, we ended with last week, the Holy Spirit comes rushing into the place where they are, and it begin, the Holy Spirit descends on them and looks like as tongues of fire sit down upon them. They begin to speak with other tongues. They flow out into the streets of Jerusalem, and everybody starts looking at them and says, look at these crazy people. And Peter says, they're not drunk like you think. So obviously they thought they were drunk because of the way they were reacting, but there was a reaction of the Holy Spirit working on the inside, working to the outside, bringing change in their lives. And as they were speaking in other tongues, there was men from all over different regions of the known world at that time who had come to the town for the festival, and they began hearing them magnify God in their own languages. And then those people, it says in that day, there was 3,000 people were saved. you got to think that all of a sudden there's a spreading out of the good news of who Jesus was because of one interaction. Oh my goodness, if that was one interaction, how about a lifetime being immersed in the Holy Spirit? And from there we see that it snowballs. And you see at the bottom when it says the book of Acts, it says the Acts of the Apostles. But you know, it's not the Acts of the Apostles. It's the Acts of the early church anointed by the Holy Spirit. It starts off in the book of Acts. It says Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, he's writing to his publisher, Theophilus. And he says, you know, the first book I wrote to you, the book of Luke, was all about the things that Jesus began to do and teach up until the point of the Holy Spirit. And then that means that his second book picks up where Jesus left off. It's not about what Jesus taught and did. It's about what the Holy Spirit did through them. And so to say that it's the acts of the apostles, no, it's the acts of the church anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the book of Acts never stopped being written. It's still being written today by men and women of God, anointed by the Holy Spirit, walking out His works under His work because God has anointed them to do that. 
And we have to understand that the early church, we can just go ahead and say that they were unusual people. Why do we say that? Because there's, there's reports when we read the hist- history about how, what people say about the early church, and they say that they were marked with joy, and there was great gladness, and there was miracles in their midst. And I start to think about the situation that they lived in. They couldn't have lived under a worse government. Just a few short years from Acts chapter 2 into when the rest of the, the New Testament is being written, they're killing Christians. They're feeding them the lions. They're setting them on fire. They're crucifying them. But yet the, it's still mar- said that they're marked with joy in spite of all that. And the church began to spread in spite of all of that. I love one account by Aristides. He's an Athenian philosopher. And he was studying Christians. In about 117, between 138, around there. So this is about 100 years after the events we're talking about right now. He begins to study Christians because he finds them peculiar. And as studying and just observing them, he becomes one. And this is what he wrote back to Emperor Hadrian about what he had seen. He says, every morning and all hours on account of the goodness of God towards them, they render praise. They laud him over their food and drink. They render him thanks. And if any righteous person of their number passes away from this world, they give thanks to God and they follow his body as though he were moving from one place to another. And when a child is born to them, they praise God. And if it chances to die in its infancy, they praise God mightily as for one who has passed through the world without sin. Oh, I love that. So him, him observing Christians, he was observing happy people who love to give thanks, not because of the situations that they found themselves in, but because of the goodness of God on the inside. That's a message for the body of Christ today. Stop looking out. Stop looking at all the things that are going wrong and start looking at the one who is right. Give him praise. Praise him mightily and let him flow through you with the Holy Spirit. The Bible was written under very unhappy times but still produced very happy people who were glad to go to their death. I love the reading Fox's Book of Martyrs of all the people who have given their lives for the gospel throughout the years and how they, as they're burning them at the stake, it says their faces began to radiate with joy and such love or they began to sing hymns even as they were being taken to be slaughtered. You know, the, the Holy Spirit in you is not subject to the situations around you. And so that is the atmosphere that the book of Acts is written in. And so today I want to look at Acts chapter 8. You can turn in with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8. It says in verse 1, this is right after Stephen has been murdered. So again, not a great situation, right? Acts chapter 1, it says, now Saul... Eight, eight verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death, meaning Saul was in agreement that Stephen should be murdered. And it says that at that time, great persecution, everyone say great persecution, arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. 
And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. And as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house, dragging men and women, committing them to prison. And therefore, those who were scattered went and cried under a bush. Those who were scattered said, oh, poor me, we're so persecuted in this time. Those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. And so the setting of which this story takes place is a setting of havoc and persecution. And I say that today because if we look at the church around the world today, you know the fastest growing churches, you know what they are? Number one, Iran. Number two, Afghanistan. Those are not good places to live as a Christian. But yet, in spite of those things, the church of God is growing. Do you know who the majority of people are that are winning people to Jesus in Afghanistan? Iranians. And so in the world of today, we see that any time persecution arises, the church of God begins to thrive. It begins to grow. It begins to multiply because you know what happens? It forces people to actually have to rely on the Holy Spirit that was given to them. And so in this day, my goodness, Joanne, you said let's pray for Afghanistan. Yeah, pray for them, but I also hope they pray for us. Because in the time when they're, they're being murdered for their faith, people said, no, I don't want to be evacuated. I want to stay here and preach the gospel. And in days where in North America, we don't show up to church if it's, not a, if it's a nice day out because there's other things that we could do. But in Afghanistan, they show up to church knowing that they may die for it that day. I want them to pray for me. I want that boldness. I want that boldness to be able to stand up and say, I don't care who's against me. I'll say Jesus' name anyways. Just like Peter and John, they said, don't preach in this name anymore. And they said, you know what? Is it right to obey you or is it right to obey God? And so in they, I want their boldness. God, deliver them out of all evil. Set, set whatever the trap that the enemy might have for them. Let the Holy Spirit rise on the inside of them so that wherever they go, they know where to turn and where not to go and when to worship and when to change the time. Father, we thank you for that. But God, I have that same boldness in the church of North America. I ask for that boldness in this church, in this church in Canada. Father, that we would have that boldness, that we would be willing just to say, you know, God loves you. To lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Father, we want that boldness in this day. In Jesus' name. And so the setting of this story in Acts chapter 8 is havoc and persecution. It's not gumdrops, roses, and lollipops. It's havoc and persecution. And they went everywhere preaching the word. And in verse 5 it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. Do we remember who Philip is? We talked about him probably about six or seven weeks ago now. Philip was one of the waiters. 
Then there was a problems going on in the early church, and it was saying, well, the widows are getting missed when we're handing out the food. And the, the apostles decided, well, you know, it's not good that we should take ourselves away from prayer and teaching of the word. Let's find seven guys to wait the tables. And they said they had cate- ca- um, conditions of who they were looking for. They said, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. They needed to have a good reputation and to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Full of the Holy Spirit to serve the tables. That's the importance that the early church placed on the Holy Spirit. And so Philip was one of those seven. And he was scattered out and he went down to the city of Samaria to preach Christ. And it says the multitude on accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. And from spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. Because a waiter, full of the Holy Spirit, thought, let's go preach Jesus. Put hands on the sick. You gotta, you're possessed? Can fix that? And brought great joy to a city. Oh God, how much more us in this day. Father, full of the Holy Spirit, filled with your power, we can change a city. We can change a nation. Hallelujah. And there was great joy in that city, not great sorrow, not great complaint. In a time of havoc and persecution, the Holy Spirit brought joy. Hallelujah. And I love that there's a story within this story. We have the story of Simon the sorcerer. A certain man named Simon. And he previously practiced sorcery in the city. And he astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. And to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is a great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But always look for the buts. The buts of the Bible bring the important parts. The but God who is rich in mercy. Man, look for the buts. It says, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Okay, so we have believers here, right? Next verse. Then Simon himself also, everyone say also, believed. So now Simon is also a believer. We're talking about believers. And he was baptized and he continued with Philip and he was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. The man who had been astonishing them with his little tricks and his sorcery for years who everyone else was saying, oh, this is a great guy. When Philip showed up with the power of the Holy Spirit, even the sorcerer became astonished because he was seeing real miracles and he was seeing real signs. And, but we have a group of believers, and why are, why are we putting the, ex- the, the, the exclamation on that? Why should that be important? Because just like we were talking with the disciples last week, they received Jesus, they received the, the gift of becoming a believer in John chapter 20, but they didn't receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit until Acts chapter 2. 
And some will say, well, that's because Jesus still had the Holy Spirit. He wasn't available to give it to them at that point. And here we have a group of believers who they believe. It says they were believed, and they, they were baptized. But in verse 14, it says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And the reason why we're doing this type of teaching is because there's a lot of Christianity that believes when you got saved, you got everything that you need. We see throughout the book of Acts that there is the salvation that is available to you, but then there's also the baptism of the Holy Spirit that is a free gift to you if you want. And so we have believers who believed when Philip preached but didn't receive the Holy Spirit yet. And so that stands in contradiction to a lot of how Christianity preaches, saying, well, when you got saved, you got whatever you need, you're, you're good to go, you've got the Holy Spirit. Well, when we see the Holy Spirit, people filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, it changes them. You aren't mistaken whether or not they got the Holy Spirit or not. And when it comes to Christians these days, you can't tell most times whether they're believers or unbelievers. You can't tell the difference in that. But you should be able to tell the difference between someone who has received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There should be a difference. And so after they believed, sent Peter and John down that they might receive the Holy Spirit. It says, for as yet... He had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. And then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That word for received is the word lambano, which means to take or to lay hold of. When Peter and John came down, they said, we're going to lay hands on you guys, and when you do, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. But it was commiserate upon those who believe to go ahead and lay hold. The Holy Spirit will never go where he is not welcome, and he will never live where he has not been asked to live. If we look at Jesus, Jesus this. he said in Luke eleven thirteen, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who, everyone say it, ask Him. So the Holy Spirit will not take up residence in you. Though He loved in the work of, the, of salvation, of, as we read two weeks ago, He took the old you, He made it new, He made it a, a suitable habitat for Him to live. He will not come in there unless you ask Him to. Come on, you doing all right? He will not operate in your life unless you give him space to do so. He will not bring the gifts of the Spirit into your life unless you want to. He will not let the fruit of the Spirit grow in your heart unless you have an open heart for them. And so when it comes to the things of the Holy Spirit, he will never force you to do anything. It's a free gift for you. And we see this again reflected, like, what is it, 13 chapters later? And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit 
when you believed. He's asking them the question. When you believed, which tells me they're believers, right? Did you also receive the Holy Spirit? And they said to him, we've not so much even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And what a shame in the, for the body of Christ today to be living amongst the word, world and them not know that there's a Holy Spirit for them, that there's more that they can receive, that they don't have to go through this world alone, that they don't have to do it in their own power, in their own ability. He says, we haven't even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And so he said to them, then what were you baptized? And he said, into John's baptism and Paul said John indeed baptized with the baptism saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him that is Jesus Christ and when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul laid hands on them the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied we see a reaction when the Holy Spirit comes upon. When an open heart says, I want the Holy Spirit, we see a reaction. Just like on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, there was a reaction. They began to speak with other tongues. They flowed out into the streets of Jerusalem, and the city said, who are the crazy people? There was a reaction. Now we can say this, does the Holy Spirit, salvation and the infilling of the Holy Spirit have to be separate? And the answer is no. It doesn't have to. It has to do with what you're taught and what you know. You'll never walk in things that you don't know, right? And we see that in the book of Acts in chapter 10 when Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. The Holy Spirit has been working and orchestrating to get Cornelius and Peter together. And they've been walking through supernatural experiences. For, for Cornelius, it started with an angel coming to him. For Peter, it was a vision while he was in a trance. And the Holy Spirit said, there's men at the door, go with them. And so they've been walking out the path and they've now the two of them together in all of Cornelius' household. And he begins to preach to them Jesus but as he's preaching to them Jesus he says the verse that we started with how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him and so they've been acquainted with the Holy Spirit. Peter just finished telling them, believe in Jesus. Jesus had the Holy Spirit in with power. And it says that while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who had heard the word. And those who were of the circumcision or those who were Jewish believers who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God there was a reaction the hearts of Cornelius and his family were so open they didn't even wait for Peter to stop talking they said I want it and I want it now and they just grab hold they lambano they took hold of they laid hold of it and said I want God I want Jesus come into my heart Holy Spirit I'll take you soon as well and it there was a reaction on the inside of them and the infilling of the Holy Spirit was hard to miss we see it here in, in Acts chapter 10. We saw it in Acts chapter 8. We saw it in Acts chapter 19. We saw it in Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of a life, things happen. 
We could say in Acts chapter 8, well, we didn't really see anything, right? They didn't say they spoke with tongues. They didn't, like we know one, they, in Acts chapter 19, they spoke with tongues and prophesied. In Acts chapter 10, they, they spoke with tongues and magnified God. In Acts chapter 2, they spoke with tongues and they began to look like they were drunk before the people. What about Acts chapter 8? How do we know something happened? Well, let's go back to the story of Simon. Peter and John lay hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And the next verse says, And Simon saw. It's hard to see something that didn't happen, right? Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. You don't see something if they laid hands on them and they look just like they did before. No, there's a reaction when you let the Holy Spirit get involved with you. Man. And so he, he looks at, he sees this, and he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Now, you would think on face value that Simon's talking about the same thing that Jesus was. You'll receive power once the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But these are two different words. The power God is talking about is the power for miracles, the power to see things change. The power that Simon's talking about is the word exousia, which means the power of choice or the liberty to do as one pleases. Simon was trying to prophetize this for himself. I'll give it to whomever will pay me the most. And so Simon's heart was in, not in the right place with this, but he saw a reaction. He knew that this is how people's lives changed. And he's thinking, I can make some money off that, but God has given free gift to anyone whose hearts will open to him. Jesus, in John 7, he's on the last day of the great feast, he stood and he cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Are you thirsty today? Are there needs in your life today? He says, come to me and drink. It says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water? And in case you didn't think that this is talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, but he spoke this concerning the Spirit. And those who believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit wasn't given at that point because Jesus hadn't gone. But the Holy Spirit's been given now. Go ahead and stand up on your feet. Holy Spirit, we know that you are available to us today. We know that you have been given and you said that you are the good father who gives good gifts to his children. And you said you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Maybe you're in this building this morning or you're watching us via the internet. And you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. That's the first place step to take. To let that transformation take place between you and him. And as you do that, go ahead and say, I want the Holy Spirit. Let's pray this morning, church. Let's say, Father, I ask for Jesus. I receive him into my life right now. I thank you for the gift of him. I open my heart. But I also ask for the Holy Spirit. 
that you said you give to those who ask. And so I ask, and I receive right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Come on, let's magnify the Lord for a moment. Father, we glorify you. Oh, we magnify your name. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, be magnified in our midst, Lord. Be magnified among us, Lord. Oh, we glorify your name.
pray in tongues, you don't pray out of your understanding. It says that your understanding is unfruitful. Because he that speaks in another tongue does not speak unto men, but speaks unto God. And so it comes out of our hearts. And sometimes it can be hard to get around our heads. If you need some help this morning, we'd love to work with you help you get over that. I know Pastor Wendy is awesome about that. I've had friends who have flown people across the country just so that they can get with Pastor Wendy because she just makes it so easy. And so if you're struggling with the Holy Spirit and struggling with speaking with other tongues, get, get with her. She'd love to sit with you with God. And if you prayed those prayers with us this morning on the internet, get in contact with us. We would love to work, walk things out with you and get some resources Holy Spirit in our lives we want you to be magnified we want to give you place in our churches and in our lives because we are the Lord is everything that we need there is power there is peace and there is joy forevermore and just like the early church in spite of circumstances like to give this morning, you can do so at wordchurch.ca forward slash give, or there's a basket at that back. Whatever you'd like to do, we just say thank you. But above all else, have an awesome week and let the Holy Spirit Amen? You guys are dismissed.